Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, I'm Joey C. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa. This is the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me as always is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey Kelly. Hey Joey. So we're back to scary stuff here on Spirit Sherpa. Back to our roots. (laughs) Why do I see in the notes here that we're going to talk about the apocalypse? Because we are. (laughs) What does that mean, Kelly? Well, you know, it's the apocalypse, you know, the four horsemen and all that other fun stuff. And you've said this before, but let's sort of start out our conversation today by explaining to everybody who might have heard you say it and go, what you talking about, Willis? And and (laughs) you just dated yourself. I really did. I really did. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) (laughs) So for those people who got freaked out a little bit by by you saying we're living in the apocalypse, what do you mean by that? The apocalypse is actually a time of transition, right? Okay. And, um, you know, it's it's technically the end of the world, you know? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Little things. But as we know from our studying of the death card, uh, very rarely is death actually death, although, you know, Death sometimes happens as a function of it. Right. Uh, But death is a transformation card. It's a death and rebirth card. Okay. And so the apocalypse, when seen from that perspective, is is similar. You know, we had this, uh, oh, my God, the sky is falling when when 2012 was coming because of the Mayan calendar ending. Right. And it's like, well, no, it was just an age ending and another age beginning. And that's okay. The idea that, yes, we were coming to an ending, but that 
the the lack of an awareness of the beginning that came after that was the part that freaked everybody out. We have this thing in our culture that we don't do death well. Yeah. We we don't even acknowledge death unless we absolutely have to and we really don't want to even do it then. We're just like, "Oh, yeah, well, I'll be over here." <laughs> and so this is the challenge when you start looking at things in the mystical world because the physical reality is a death and rebirth process. I mean, nothing on the planet lives forever. Right. So you gotta know things are going to end. It's just sort of the nature of the beast. And so when you talk about the apocalypse, I really want you to think about it in the terms of the death card in the tarot, which is death and rebirth. Okay. And transformation. You know, it, it ends being one thing and begins being another shamanic death. Mm -hmm. where you cease to be one thing and you begin to be something else. So this is where we are. And I don't think anybody, at least in the U.S. and truly around the world, between the pandemic, which is pestilence, right? one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, there's famine that's ha happening in Africa and there's war that's always happening right. somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then death. And we're having a lot of death with the coronavirus and the death that is the death of the people of color in the U.S. who have, have sparked the huge uprising of the Black Lives Matter movement. And so when you take all those pieces together, that, that's freaking apocalyptic, right? Yeah. And then... There was, and don't ask me what these signs are. I tried to go back and look them up and because astrological stuff is not my thing. But I remember, because it was when I got married, that, you know, in, in September 27th, 2015, was a super blood moon after a lunar e eclipse after another, I don't know, solar eclipse. There was, there was like a series of eclipses, both lunar and solar, and a series of super blood moons and uh, super moons that happened that signified for those who studied the Bible and the signs in the Bible that the apocalypse started on the day I got married. <laughs> <laughs> Which which was accidental, by the way. We were going to get married the day before, and the venue wasn't available. So, <laughs> but, but I always said it would be the end of the world if I ever got married again. So, sorry. Um, <laughs> but there was a whole lot of confluence that happened that, that hit all the markers for the beginning of the apocalypse in 2015. And so, you know, now we've been rolling forward. Now, that was September 27th. Do the math. The election happened November 3rd, and then the upset of everybody expecting it to be Hillary and it was Trump, suddenly you're like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and the signifiers of the apocalypse, one of them is the, the returning of the Antichrist, or the coming of the Antichrist, and the returning of Christ. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to put a wild ass theory out there. Because it just hit me the other day. Uh-oh. Um, and we've been seeing a lot of movies and that, that sort of reinforce it for me. What if Fred Rogers was Christ returned? Okay. I buy it. Mr. Rogers, totally Christ-like. Yep. And then, you know, what do we know of as, uh, about the Antichrist? Well, the Antichrist is the Prince of Lies. And Trump has been 
reported to have done something in excess of 18,000 lies in his <laughs> term of office. And, you know, when he's accused of lying, he just lies again. <laughs> you know, it, It's just, just his response. And I'm sorry if you are a Trump supporter and you're listening right now. I'm sorry. I am just reporting the facts that have been reported by the publications out there. And I know I'm probably upsetting the crap out of you. And I apologize. I'm just here. I'm going to make it better in one second. So don't stop listening. Okay. So Mary Balkan and I, Mm -hmm. and Mary was on one of the earlier episodes, Mary and I were talking the other day and we were talking about the trickster gods. Okay. You know, we've within the Christian cosmos, there's only good and evil. But when you look at a broader mythological perspective, there isn't as much about good and evil as there is about different types of beings. So, you know, even the quote unquote good gods are known for doing shitty things. Right. It's let there's no morality within the world of gods Mm -hmm. is really what it comes down to. Morality is a uniquely human thing. And in our culture, we both eschew anything associated with death, but we also eschew anything associated with a lack of black and white morality, you know, you know, good and bad, good and evil, up and down, whatever. Yeah. Duality. They Mm -hmm. need duality. So as a result, the trickster God, which is what Trump clearly is, he is a trickster God and he is operating in a trickster mode, which uh, it, for those of you who are Marvel Comics fans, Loki is a trickster god, right. right? So if you need a point of reference, Loki. The purpose of a trickster god is to mess with you until you wake up. And they just they just mess with you so that you see things differently. So we talked about this a little bit with the Heoka. Yep. But Mary pointed out, yeah, he's a trickster god. And in Christian cosmology, a trickster god would be labeled as an antichrist. Okay. And so, you know, it's, it's, I'm not saying he's evil. I'm saying that he's a trickster god and he is messing with us to screw things up. Now, does that mean that evil things happen sometimes from a, you know, good and evil perspective? Yeah, that does. But gods have no morality. Right. <laughs> and so, and, but this is why people are following him with such faith, mm-hmm. right? There, You know, there's a lot of people going, why would anybody vote for Trump? They don't understand, right? Yeah. But they're not voting from a perspective of, of intellectual decision-making. They're voting, they've transferred their faith onto him, which again, it brings up the Antichrist dynamics for those who are predicting the future. Right. So it's become the, the, the religion of Trump. Right. And that's what a God would inspire is a religion. Right. And so there's there's all this sort of fun stuff that's that's going on right now. And I'm probably I've probably got people spinning their heads right now. But yeah, it's the apocalypse. So shit, you know, I'm just going to talk about it. Right? <laughs> you've got people spinning their heads on all sides of the aisle right I now. You're, you've got them all I'm going so crazy. Good at that, right. <laughs> Alienate everybody. (laughs) (laughs) At least I'm an equal opportunity alienator. There you go. (laughs) But the upshot is that for all the the garbage that Trump has done and will do, trust me, it's coming. He's actually catalyzed massive amounts of change. 
you know, from the moment he was elected, people started flocking into the spiritual world to become more self-actualized because they just couldn't deal with not being able to, to uh, control what happened on the bigger scale. And so they needed to control their own environment. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that happened. And now with all of the stuff that he's done uh, and and all of the ways in which he's mismanaged coronavirus and the black lives matter campaign, you know, the response, not campaign, but response, he's, he's catalyzed even more change, right? And so that's what a trickster God does, is that they do the opposite to catalyze something that is, you know, awareness raising, right? So, you know, the, the, there are many animals, not many, but there are, there are some animals in, in shamanic uh, practice that are associated with trickster energies. And it depends on the tribe that you go to as to which animals is which, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but a, a fairly common energy is is rabbit, right? And fox is actually one. Um, my shaman told me about fox back 20 years ago. And, and uh, he looked at me and he said, yeah, fox is an interesting energy. He said, it steals away something you really thought you needed. And it does it very quietly in the middle of the night when you're not looking. And a month later, you turn around and go, wait, where is that? I need that. And then you go, wait, I haven't had it for a month. Maybe, do I really need that? Right. But I wanted that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, there's fox energy. And then there's there's rabbit energy, which is just a trickster. And, and Bugs Bunny is a perfect example of a trickster rabbit, mm-hmm. right? He, he is the ultimate trickster rabbit to Elmer Fudd, yep. poor thing. <laughs> you know? so, and Daffy for that matter to everyone right? that's that's his everyone thing. Yeah. you know he's just like hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but this is the this is the energy of the trickster yep. right and so as you look at it there's there's also indicators um and and I went looking for them and I couldn't find them but I, I had a conversation with somebody else and we were trying to remember what the Nostradamus predictions of this time were and um, I remember seeing something on TV years ago that predicted that that an indicator of the end of times would be when the man with the blue turban was in power. And if you think about that, a Muslim, which would be the turban representation for, for a 16th century Nostradamus, mm-hmm. right? Um, and blue is Democrat. Yeah. That would be Obama. He'd be the indicator of the end of times. Okay, but he wasn't Muslim. Well, but he was accused of being Muslim, right? It was a big thing that he was accused of being Muslim, right? So it was like this huge process that that went went about in the in the campaign. So it would have been something that. So in order to understand um, prognostication, you have to understand how people get the information. Mm-hmm. And what they're looking at as they look forward is they're looking at what are the, so if you, you know, those word uh, salads that show up on pages that tell you how, what words appear most often and the ones that appear most often are bigger. It's kind of like that in the energetic realm. And so the word Muslim would have come up big in the, in the context of the election because it was a huge, huge campaign thing that happened. Right. And even though it's not true, it came up enough that it could be attached to on a prognostication. So, you know, it's a stretch, but, but Nostradamus has had a habit of um, 
you know, hiding his his stuff because he didn't want to be hung for or burned witchcraft. for witchcraft. Go yeah. figure. So, you know, he made things not entirely obvious so that they were explainable. Right. You know, oh, no, I didn't mean that. I meant this. Yeah. And, you know, you couldn't prove it because it wasn't stated explicitly, you know. Um, so, you know, you get a kind of stretch for any of his 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 uh, prophecies because he was stretching mm-hmm. or he was he was he was uh, obfuscating. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's that's sort of the thing there. So there's a lot of different pointers to indicate that we are in the apocalypse. <laughs> you know, the the massive plague is a is was like a huge one. Right. That's that's sort of a not missable one. <laughs> it's like a worldwide plague in our day and age is right. unheard of. Unheard of. Yep. Unheard Absolutely. of. It's unprecedented and and likely will never happen again. Right. It's just, you know, it, it, with the technology we have, with our ability to manage and track these things, there's no reason this should have happened at the scale that it did. Right. None worldwide. And that's right. not me pointing fingers at Trump. That's just worldwide. We were unprepared. And there was no excuse for that to be the case. And divine intervention said it had to happen. And therefore, it everybody was everybody who knew that they should plan for it was just sort of swept under the rug. And, you know, everything was was pushed off because this moment in time had to happen in order for these things to occur. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is one of the challenges when you start getting into this is that people are like, well, aren't you doing healing work for the planet right now? And I'm like, I'm not. And they're like, well, but why you should be healing people? And I'm like, no, this is what it is. And, you know, if I have somebody I know personally and who comes to me personally and says, you know, I'm sick, I will do healing work for them because I know them personally and they're mine and, you know, whatever. But impacting the global shift, it's hubris on my part to think that if I were to go out and do healing work, that it would be good. I've actually checked. I've gone out into the universe and said, where can I be of service? And they said, sit in your house and wait. And I went. But, but where can I be of service? And they said, talk to your clients, talk to your students, sit in your house and wait. And I'm like, but really? And they're like, yeah, that's it. Okay. Okay. Because as much as it sucks and it does, every major shift of this scale, I mean, World War One, World War Two, the Black Plague, you know, this coronavirus, um, it, it's it's all fueling change. Every, every time something massive on this scale happens, change happens. You know, the Black Lives Matter movement would not have gotten the the momentum it did if we hadn't all been sitting in the trauma of the plague, desperately wanting some way to exert control over our environment and desperately needing to get the hell out of our houses, Mm -hmm. right? It it wouldn't have happened at this scale because this is the only time that people weren't distracted enough that they were paying attention, right? And so it serves a purpose and, and it sucks the way it happens, but on a larger scale, there's a reason for it, right? And, and those who are leaving the planet as a result of it, 
are part of the transformational process. They're, they're actually serving as, as transformational catalyzers, much like those who died in 9-11 did. They served as catalyzers for the country. You have ways of looking at things, and I'm, I'm really, I, I can hear that there are some beginners on the call right now who are having a meltdown, and I need you to go back to the beginning of the podcast and start listening from there, because the people who are, who have listened all the way through, I am talking to you because you have the, the, the context to understand what I'm saying. If you're new to the podcast today, I really encourage you to just go back to the beginning and, and listen, because once you get here throughout the listening of all the podcasts, you will have a better understanding of what it is that I'm trying to say to you. I mean, Joey, you, you started with me in the very beginning as the, the quintessential listener. Are you flipping out with the conversation I'm having right now? No, no, not right. at all. Okay. And this is what I'm saying. So if you're flipping, go back to the beginning and <laughs> then come back to this one when, you, when you've gotten back up through and it will make much more sense to you at that point. Okay. So we're in the apocalypse. We've established that. There's all kinds of things. Let's let the flippers kind of come back a little bit here because now's where you're going to tell us, and I beg you to tell us, what the heck do we do? Oh, oh, you want an instruction. We're, oh, we're okay. going out into the universe, Kelly, and the universe is you. <laughs> what do we do now? <laughs> oh, um, okay. Let me think about that. What, you didn't know that question was coming? <laughs> you know, you know your people. You know we want answers. <laughs> so here's the thing. Any time of great planetary transition, and so as above, so below. As within, so without, right? Mm -hmm. And so any time of great planetary transition is going to fuel and supplement in a sympathetic magic way any internal transformation, and I know that you're immediately going to be going, but no, I need to do something for the planet. But no, I need to be going out and do it. No, you need to be evolving yourself because when you evolve yourself, it ripples out through every single person you're connected to. And that is how you evolve the planet. Okay. The, the problem is we get into this thinking that we have to go out into the world and do things. And the going out into the world and doing things is a... It's something that people who don't know how to do magic do. Okay. I can have a massive impact on the planet sitting in my living room. Okay. And I have, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say all the things that I've done because I don't necessarily want people to know, but because <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes I do things that I don't want to get in trouble for, but there are ways in which that you can create change within you know, simply within a magical context, but you can't do that unless you are evolving yourself to the point where you can, okay. right? You have to address your inner issues. If you want to see hate end in the world, end it in your own heart. If you want to see lack and, and poverty end in the world, end it in your own heart. Okay. Because we're all one, right? We are all one. And so when each of us individually evolves eventually we all hit a tipping point and even the heaviest of sleepers have to wake up right so i've been talking to people for 20 years about the sleepers 
you know, some of them are really attached to sleeping. <laughs> They're really attached to sleeping. And for 20 years, they've been really, and the, the more people wake up, the more attached they become to their sleeping, right? Right. And that's because the people around them are going, hey, wake up, wake up, wake up. And they're like, leave me alone, leave me alone, I'm sleeping, leave me alone, I'm sleeping. They're defending. You don't want to push someone who is sleeping really hard and attached to their sleeping into waking up because all you do is make them defend against it more. You're better off to just do your own thing and let them notice that, hey, life is different for you. Why is that? Right. And that's when they begin to wake up. Otherwise, you're inoculating them against it. And I used I was the biggest I was bad about that. (laughs) I was really bad about that. Kathy had to teach me about that one. And I went, oh, no. (laughs) I was so upset because I thought I knew and everybody had to know and yeah, no, you know, let them be right. Okay. And so what you need to be doing right now, if you want to be part of this, I'm not going to tell you, you have to, because you know, you're a sovereign being do what you will. But if you're asking me what I would recommend, which you did, I would say work on yourself, do your own evolution because that evolution, if you think about this, every person in your life who you care about in any way and who cares about you has an energetic connection to you. And when you do this work, your energy impacts them, whether you speak to them about it or not, because you are energetically connected to them. Okay. And it calls their energy into a higher vibration. Now, for some people, they will follow that call and start the process with you. For others, they will go, I don't like the feeling of this and I need to go now. And they will pick a fight and find a reason to not be friends with you anymore. Yeah. The thing that you can do to impact the most people is to up-level your vibration. And that is not meditation. It is not trying to leave your body. It is not becoming the queen of namaste or the king of om. You know, it is about really digging into the the shadow spaces in you and digging out the crap. Okay. Because positive bright light and bunny thinking is not going to fix it. So the only thing to do during this is do you. You do do you. you. All right. One final question I have to ask. I'm afraid. As, as am I. I didn't even want to ask the question, but I'm going to. Okay. When apocalypse ends, he mm-hmm. says in air quotes, what's the world going to look like? Well, there's a lot of literature around the concept. And if and you can see it reflected. So the Hopi Indians, had, they just disappeared. No, I'm sorry. The Anasazis. The Anasazis just disappeared one day. There was no indication that they were in trouble, no indication that they left and, and emigrated, you know, elsewhere and somewhere else. You know, they just mm-hmm. disappeared. And the the understanding is that they evolved to another plane of existence. And if you read the Celestine prophecy, there is a point in the book where people just show up that are on another dimensional plane. I had a long conversation when I first got to Virginia with a um, Jehovah's Witness. And I talked to her about the 144,000 people and trying to understand what that was about. And, and uh, the understanding, the, the belief that they hold is that there are 144,000 people who serve as sort of a celestial government mm-hmm. because they expect 
the earth to become the Garden of Eden again, that it, it is to become paradise again. Mm-hmm. If you take that concept and you take the Anasazis and you take the concept of Judgment Day yeah. with, you know, the dead rising up out of the ground is, is the, the way it's visioned. But it's really um, much and it's reflected in the movie Left Behind, right, where yeah. you know, people just disappear off the planet and, you know, the, the other people are left behind. Right. And so it's a psycho spiritual up leveling to another dimension is, is what, what is called for in, in the, the mythology of it, okay. right. Of revelations. You know, what, what's it going to look like? Hmm. <laughs> depends, <laughs> depends on whether you're here or you're the other place, you know, <laughs> uh, depends on whether you're staying or going. Right. And, you know, I, I imagine that if you're staying, it'll look not much different, just a lot, lot quieter because there'll be a lot few, fewer people, right? I know you want an answer. I know. And, I, and I'm not just talking to Joey with this. Nope. I know you want an answer. <laughs> the challenge is that no one could have imagined, well, some people did, but most people couldn't have imagined a pandemic of this scale, and what imp- impact that would have had on everything, mm-hmm. right? And then followed by a civil rights movement and followed by who knows what next, right? right? And, you know, it's a cascade. This is what happens is that we're, there will be something next. Yeah. Right? I promise you there will be something next. We're in a cascade. And trying to identify what comes next is going to make you crazy and it's going to stress you out and make you anxious. And I don't recommend it. Instead, what I recommend is making a plan for what you choose to do and reinforcing for yourself what you can do and how adaptable you are. Okay. Because no matter what happens, it isn't the thing that happens that impacts us. It is our reaction to it and our response to it. And if we're already in a state of heightened anxiety and freak out, we lose 10 points of IQ from the fear. Yep. And so your best bet is to say, is my house on fire? No. Am I healthy? Yes. Is there food in the fridge? Yes. Is my family and safe? Yes. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm not going to worry about anything other than that. What is true right now is, and I'm going to look at the news just long enough to know what's going on. And that means in my world, I look at it 30 minutes every three or four days max because it makes me nuts. Mm -hmm. Okay. When I start to invest in it, it starts to spin me up and I don't want to be spun up because there's nothing I can do about it. Right. So you, you're just enough to be informed. You make your decisions, make your plans, put some money aside, do what you need to do, and just be in the moment and be work on your emotional resilience because your ability to be with what is is going to be a huge factor in being able to you know, surf what's coming. 
instead of getting, you know, tumbled by the waves and face planted into the sand and, (laughs) you know, turned upside down by the water. Yep. Either scenario could be, could be you depending on how you engage, right? If you engage with fear, I promise you, you will face plant at some point. Okay. And, and it's very easy to engage with fear. Let me just say this out loud. I have gotten into fear spaces myself in the last three months. It has happened and I have had to pull myself out of it because it's so prevalent in the, in the collective consciousness. This, this fear is just a half of hair breadth, breadth away and being anything less than vigilant against it. And it comes creeping in. And once it creeps in, it ramps up very quickly into panic. And so, you know, choosing wisely is a good idea, right? I don't want you to engage in self-recrimination around being anxious and fearful because it's very easy to do. And I mean, I am masterful at avoiding fear and anxiety and I have fallen into it, okay? So it is, it is very difficult right now. And so, you know, do the best you can and don't beat up on yourself when you fail. Just be like, yep, Kelly failed too. I'm going to pull myself out of this. I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to, you know, breathe down into it. I'm going to focus on what's in front of me and what's true and say, look, I'm safe. I am well. I am okay. I'm not under attack. You know, it's okay. And I'm going to focus on that. And I'm going to walk away from the news for a week until I can center myself again. Right. (laughs) So that sort of thing. And if it, if it really spins you up, get a, get a buddy and have them watch the news for one week and you watch the news for one week or you watch it, you guys each re- reflectively take one every four days and, and you alternate and then you, every two days you know what's going on. And if the, if the other person needs to know, you let them know. Otherwise, you leave it be. Well, and, and that's a, a great point, this idea of support systems, because that's what we're going to need through all of this, no matter where we end up. After apocalypse is gone and one support system, throw it out there, is our Facebook group. It's a place where, you know, people are going to have a lot of questions. They're going to be spun up a little bit from this episode. So, guys, come come into, yeah, come into the Spirit Tripper podcast after party Facebook group and... Let us know what you're thinking. Let let your your friends out there know what you're thinking and feeling. And maybe um, maybe that's one of those support tools that we'll have to we'll have to leverage to get through this because it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. Lots to take in here, Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big shout out to the person who referred. (laughs) Yes. uh, I think you said that the the question had come from uh, Nicolette had given the question. Yeah, she she contacted me on Facebook and said, "Would you talk about this?" I'm like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> yeah, thanks. Careful thanks for that, Nicolette. For <laughs> <laughs> but all right, Nicolette, here you go. This one's for you. <laughs> oh boy! All right. Well, I'm getting, I need to go have a drink. Okay. <laughs> have one for me. Yes. I don't have any, <laughs> so I can I can despin myself here. But no, this has been really good. I think you need to sum it up for everybody, though, in terms of a, a Kellyism to take us out because we need something, some some moment of, of ohm here <laughs> to put it all together. You create your reality. Choose one you'll like. And there it is. Ohm. All right. That is all that we have for this week. But be sure to join us next time, folks, as Kelly adds another chapter into your guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Joey C. here with Kelly Sparta, and you have been listening to 
Spirit Sherpa. So long, everyone. Each mile I travel over 13,000 now, so I'll leave behind a little fear. Spirit Sherpa is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to creativecommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to K-E-L-L-E at K-E-L-L-E-S-P-A-R-T-A dot com. That's Kelly at kellysparta.com. To sign up or to get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to kellysparta.com. This episode of Spirit Sherpa has been produced by Honu Voice Productions. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing, but you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since... You seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half, guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.